The Happy Even After Podcast. The Happy Even After Podcast. Divorce sucks, but it doesn't need to define you, and it doesn't need to be the end of your story. The Happy Even After Podcast. Meet your host, Renee Bauer, an award-winning divorce attorney, peacemaker, author, and founder of The D Course, an online divorce educational program. She's been doing this work for almost two decades, and she is passionate about helping all women make it out the other side. The Happy Even After Podcast. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Happy Even After Podcast. So I am here today with Jared Springer, who is an entrepreneur, a father, and a businessman. And he set out to bring himself from broke, crippled, and bankrupt to creating multi-million dollar businesses. So Jared realized that he kept pushing his happiness further and further out every time he got to a certain point. And he would move on, look to the next thing, and look to the next, and never really truly appreciate what he had built or accomplished or even what was just directly in front of him. So he took a step back from his life to figure out what truly made himself happy. He wrote a book called I'll Be Happy When, How to Lift the Happiness Curse from My Life. And I think that everything that Jared's talking about is like what our you know current societal problem is. So welcome, Jared. Well, thank you for having me. Appreciate being here. So I just, I loved your whole mission. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, I think a lot of overachievers, a lot of doers are exactly what you described as you're always looking at the next thing and never really appreciating the moment or being really present. So what were you doing at the time that you had this realization that you cannot sustain your current, like your perception of not never having enough? So it really happened when I, I like I sold off all my businesses and I decided to move across the country from Wisconsin to Utah and retire basically. And I thought, you know, my whole life I was like, I, I grew up in California. I wanted to move back out west. I was like, I'll be happy when this is my final. I'll be happy when when I get back out west and I have this and I have the house and I have the toys and I have the money and everything else. And then I realized when I got here. That's not really what made me happy. I had all this stuff, and it wasn't what I thought it would be, really. It was just like I was bored. I realized that I'd been pushing my whole life to get to this point, and then when I got there, finally, it wasn't any better than any previous point in my life. So that's when I started writing, just honestly, to figure out what was wrong with me. Like, I had everything. Everyone always says, like, you'll be happy when you have this, and the house, and the cars, and the side-by-sides, and the toys, and the this. And I came to realize that, you know... It wasn't the stuff or the goals that made me happy. It was the journey. As I looked back, I was like, well, my whole life I've been unhappy, even though I should have been happy in these moments because I never enjoyed the moment when I was in it. I was always, you know, reaching and reaching and reaching. And so I did a lot of soul searching, a lot of writing, and that's how my book came about because I was like, all I know is entrepreneurs. That's the only people I hang out with. And every person I know struggles with the same thing of just being happy where they are and not always reaching. So that's kind of why I wrote the book and why I'm kind of doing what I'm doing, which is like coaching and going on podcasts like this is just kind of to help people out because there's so many people in that space that, you know, are kind of stuck. Just to give the listeners a little bit of background, what kind of business were you in? So I started e-commerce businesses. So when I started, you mentioned I was bankrupt because my son was born with club feet, had severe medical issues, put us in a lot of debt. And then right after that, I woke up and couldn't feel my legs. And the doctors, I was rushed to the hospital and they gave me two choices, have 
emergency back surgery or never walk again. So that was kind of the big wake up call to like, okay, you better start changing your life now because at the time I was working two jobs and trying to start a business and this and that. And so I basically just went all in on myself and I had no money. So I started flipping things on Amazon and eBay. I would hobble around on my walker to thrift stores and clearance aisles and buy as much money as I had worth of stuff, flip it on Amazon. And then once I had enough money, then I created my own brand and products and kind of went forward from there and just kept building and building and building these companies. So what happened with your health? Like what was it that caused? Did you ever know what happened to your your back or why you couldn't walk? For a previous year ahead of time, I was dealing with the back issues. Like I was in chiropractors, I was in physical therapy, I was basically everything the doctors could throw at me. But I think one of the big things was just stress and all of the emotions I was holding inside and everything else. I was just holding everything in and it was going to my back and causing these issues. And then one day it just said, screw you, I'm done. And my back left and I had no feeling in my legs and I basically was forced to change. I always tell people it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Like, People are like, how is you being crippled the best thing that ever happened to you? And I said, because it finally gave me that push to believe in myself and, you know, believe that I could do this entrepreneurship thing. And, it, you know, it really gave me no other options. I couldn't work. I couldn't do anything. So that was kind of the push that put me over the edge. So I'm very thankful that it happened. I think that that is kind of the moral of any adversity that anyone faces because I always say like my divorces were the best thing that ever happened to me because I wouldn't be doing the work that I'm doing now had that not happened. And I think anytime someone has such really dark moments or spots or periods in their life, from that, there's so much growth because you're forced to see what you're made of and it's an incredible journey. Yeah, for sure. Like a lot of people don't know how to reframe their mind around bad things. You know, we've been taught since we were little that bad things are bad and really bad things are not always bad. If you learn from them and they teach you something, then those bad things are a good thing in the long run. And so it took me, it wasn't instantly that I was like, yes, my back on and everything's great and this is the best moment of my life. No, I was in a really dark place for a while like most people when something bad happens. And then after it happened and I got through it, that's when I realized, okay, that was actually a really good thing that happened to me. So did you ever figure out why you weren't happy with all of the material things? I think it's because I grew up so poor and I was trying to prove something to everyone. Like I grew up really like dirt poor. And so I had this mentality of like, I'm going to prove you wrong. You know, I I didn't go the normal path. I didn't go to college. I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to prove everyone wrong. And then once I got there, it's like, I wasn't even doing this for me. There was kind of a hollow victory of like, okay. And so I was left hollow when, you know, I sold my companies and I was like, oh, I thought this would feel better, <laughs> but I was still the same person underneath. It, was, it didn't change anything. How long ago was that when you made that realization? So that was only about two and a half, three years ago when I moved out to Utah and sold my businesses. And so it's a relatively new revelation. I always tell people, like people who know me here, I'm like, I'm a whole different person than I used to be because I used to be so angry and so focused on just work that I left everything. Like I forgot how to have fun. Like I just never did like... I didn't go on the typical guy trips or the guy nights or like go out anytime. I literally just worked 18 hours a day, every single day, never saw my kids very much. And so it was kind of when I got here and I was like, 
oh, these are really the important things that I've been missing this whole time, you know, is my kids. And then I started to make friends, which I never had a lot of friends in my life because I was always so focused on work that when I started to make these relationships and realize how important it was, and then I started helping other business owners simply because all the people I've met out here own side-by-sides and they're all business owners because they're expensive toys, and I started coaching them and helping them, that's when I realized, like, okay, this is more like I feel good about this. I have purpose helping people. It's giving me something more than just, like, you know, it was just helping my soul to help other people. And so then I went down the path of writing a book and, you know, helping and coaching. And everyone's like, why do you coach? I'm like, it's the most rewarding thing in the world is to help out somebody who's struggling and turn their life around. So what the subtitle of your book is How to Lift the Happiness Curse from Your Life. What is a happiness curse? It's... Most people live very good lives, they just don't realize it. They have a really good life, but mentally they're always thinking about something else or they're where they should be or where they should go next. And so you kind of curse yourself into always this, I'll be happy when I get to this point. I'll be happy when I get to that point. And it's a curse we put on ourselves because we think we shouldn't be able to enjoy our lives till we get to the end. Like. The end is not the point. It's the way you get there that's the point. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of just retraining your brain that, you know, you don't have to have everything you want to be happy. You can be happy right where you are right now. In your opinion, what do you think it takes to be happy? Is there some goal point? Do Should we throw out our goals and just say, I'm, I'm content with the way things are? No, I definitely don't throw out your goals. I'm still like a very goal-focused person and wanting to achieve big things because I think that the expansion of life is part of the journey of life, which is what kind of gives you a lot of happiness. What you have to do is start realizing that you have to enjoy your life now. You have to appreciate your life now, appreciate what you already have, appreciate the people you already have. It's really all starts around like just realizing you have a pretty darn good life where you're at when you remove yourself and look at it from like a third person perspective and that's what most people need is just to get out of their own head out of their own life and realize man i have it pretty good comparatively but don't stop reaching for big goals because a lot of people think well i should just be content where i'm at i'm not all about that because i am like a business guy and like i want you to be successful and reach for new things the problem is is when you place your happiness on that thing like you're like I have to do this, and you're only happy if you achieve it. That's when it becomes a problem. I love that concept of just enjoying the journey. And I think that, like, I'm a a huge goal person. I have, you know, vision statements and vision boards and all that stuff. And for the longest time, I think I was exactly that person. Like, it was until I got that thing, it was, you know, I have to keep working harder. And then over the past couple years, I was able to step back and be like, you know, you know what part of part of the fun of getting there is that journey and kind of letting it all unfold at the time that it's supposed to. But I think it's hard to do that. I think especially if you're sort of a type A person, it's really hard to kind of let go of that control and just trust that it's all going to work out. Yeah, it's definitely not an easy process. Me personally, I'm a very driven person. I want everything to be like a certain way and be super successful at everything I do. So one of the things that helped me is like when I looked back, I started realizing like I don't remember what my goals were for the last 10 years. Like there's certain milestones that I may remember. But what I really remember 
is how I got there. And when I started writing my kind of semi-autobiography, because the book kind of has both parts in it, some my story and then some lessons on how to change, I started realizing that, you know, I don't remember the goals, but I actually remember the bad things that happened and the adversities and the journey part was the part that was the best part of my story. Like, that was the good stuff. But in the moment, I never thought of it that way. So I kind of had to reprogram how I thought just so that way I would, you know, realize like, okay, remember the journey, remember the daily stuff, you know, the little things that you do every day because that's what you'll remember in 10, 20, 30 years. So, Jared, a lot of my listeners are men and women who are going through a divorce or have gone through a divorce or are contemplating it and have relationship problems. What do you say to someone who says, how can I possibly find the good in the current marriage that I'm in that is just making me miserable? Like, what do you do with that? I would say that if they're miserable, they're unhappy, it's not what they want. The good part is you now know what you don't want. You know that you don't want that sort of person in your life. You don't want someone who's unsupportive. You don't want someone who, you know, a lot of people, I come from a broken home. My parents were divorced. Unfortunately, I'm married for 10 years and me and my wife are really good friends. But if you're going through a hard situation like that, realize you know now what you don't want and what not to do next time. And that's the lesson that you got out of it. Yeah, right. Do you think that being a child of divorce has impacted your outlook on life and relationships and work ethic and things like that? Absolutely, because I had some serious trust issues, even with my own spouse. Like, I've been married 10 years, but we've been together almost 15 years. In the relationship, I was so worried about ending up like that that Like, I took five years to propose, and I was like, we were living together for three years before we even got married because I was just so worried about that happening to me. Yeah, and I think that that just goes to speak to the significance of our childhood and how that shapes who we are as adults. And, like, you talked about being poor and that was how you ended up being like almost a workaholic. And Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, so much of the healing process is really digging deep and uncovering, okay, what are the things that happened in childhood? What type of home did we grow up in? You know, what did we see and experience? And how does that impact how we show up in the world? And that's like really, really hard work to do because usually we want to shut it down. We want to ignore it. We won't want to think about those things. But I think it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. And part of my book, one of the big patterns that I point out is because of I grew up poor, because I grew up in a broken home, I had all these patterns of behavior that were ingrained in me. And so like one of my big concepts is, is unless you change, you will end up similar to your parents because you are ingrained with that for so many years that it's hard for you to change those sort of patterns and behaviors overnight it takes some time and some work so what do you say when someone says jared but you don't get it like this is just the way it is i grew up that way there's nothing i can do to change like it's just it's my story well i say everyone your mess is your message so like everyone is so afraid to tell their story me included like i almost didn't publish my book because i didn't want all of my like history out in the world But it all comes down to, like, how you think about things. And, you know, 
I have a real problem with people who are so stubborn that they're just like, well, I was born this way and that's how it's going to be because I'm like, guess what? I was born broke-ass poor. I had no money from a broken family. Your past does not dictate your future as long as you're willing to work on it. And it does take work. I've been married 10 years. It takes a lot of work, you know, to make that work. You know, coming from being broke poor to making money, that took a lot of work. So if you're looking for an easy solution and just copying out and say, well, that's just the way it is, that's a cop-out. It's, you know, anything can be changed. It just takes effort, a lot of effort. And so that's the message there, guys. Anyone who's listening is, you know, so many people will say, this is just just the, the marriage that I have. I'm just, you know, I just, this is what I've been dealt with and I have to live with it. Or like, I've always been a stay at home mom. I can't get a job because this is what I've always chosen to do. And you can change and pivot and shift and really become something different than what you thought that you always were. I mean, that's where the growth comes from. Yeah, I mean, everyone seems to think like I'm some tech genius because I started these e-commerce businesses and now I can build a website in 20 minutes and all this other stuff. I didn't even go to college. I had no technology background. I literally just went on YouTube and Google and started to learn and then I hired somebody, a mentor, to show me what he did and then that's how I got through and learned how to change it. I'm not like... I wasn't born a tech genius and knowing all this stuff. It's yeah. just I learned it because I had to learn it. And it's a direction I wanted to go. And in order to get to that direction, I needed to learn those skills. Anything is learnable. It's not yeah. most people are not born like geniuses in certain areas. They've worked on it long yeah. enough that they now have those skills. Absolutely. Coming at you this spring, the She Who Wins Summit is my first live event. There is no other event like it out there. It's not a stuffy, boring conference. The She Who Wins Summit is a day-long event for women who are ready to up-level their life. This event will inspire you. This event will motivate you. This event will move you. Are you ready to supercharge your self-belief and ignite your soul? Join us. For more information, check out www.shewhowins.com. Hope to see you there. So let's talk about your book, I'll Be Happy When. When did you publish it and what was the purpose behind it? So I published it December 22nd of 2020. So about, I don't know, is that six months ago or so? The purpose, honestly, is like I started writing basically to figure out what was wrong with me. Like just put my thoughts on paper because, like I said, when I sold my companies and I moved across country, I thought I'd be happy and I wasn't happy. And so I started writing. And as I started writing and then I started writing lessons in my story and there was this gobbledygook mess of like all kinds of random stuff. And I went to an editor, a friend of mine who's edited some of the biggest names in the industry and I said, hey, can you just look at this and tell me, is this worth anything? Like, should I publish this? And she started reading through it. She's like, it's rough around the edges, not going to lie. You're all over the place in some things. we got to do a lot of tweaking. <laughs> She's like, but you have to publish this. This will help out so many people who are struggling. Because she edits all big-name entrepreneur books. And she's like, every person who I've known in this industry has this problem. You have to publish it. And so that's kind of what pushed me over the edge to be like, okay, 
I'll publish it, even though I'm kind of scared to and everything else. And that's kind of how it came about. Being a book is just me kind of being forced by an editor saying, you have to publish this. Mm, I love that story. And the writing process is so messy because I'm a writer too. And (laughs) what you start with and what you end with are completely, hopefully, completely two different products because Mm -hmm. no one writes a perfect first draft. But there's like so much, like the first, what do they say? The first draft is just telling yourself the story. And then mm-hmm. it's like the second and third and fifth and tenth draft is like actually, you know, telling everyone else the story. I wrote most of the material in like six months. And then it took another year and a half of me rewriting, writing stuff, yeah. the editor pulling stuff out. Maybe about a year of us making sure it flowed as a book because I'm a copywriter. I wrote ads for marketing. I learned internet marketing with my e-commerce business. So so I write ad copy. I don't necessarily not a actual writer. I'm a good writer, but I'm not like an actual like book writer. So like mm. we had to change around and move things around and take stuff out and put stuff in and it was a process. <laughs> it was yeah. definitely a process. It it always is. I have an agent and when she gives me notes back, it's like first I want to cry. And then I put it aside and I'm like, all right, all right, let's do this. But it's like usually involves like a lot of like index cards that get moved around and like a whole whiteboard and it is definitely a process. So can you share a couple tips from your book on how to help someone really go from the place that you were to where you are now? Yeah. So one of the biggest things, this couple is look forward, which is like look forward to what you're, you're going to be trying to achieve, but measure backwards. And basically what that means is you're looking to the future, but sometimes we're on this path of growth that we don't realize how far we've come. We just keep trying to push. And if you stop for a moment and you go, okay, if you measure backwards and be like, okay, I, in this year, this six months, this month, this is what I've accomplished differently. Mm. That starts to show you enough that you start to appreciate how far you've come. And that's a big thing is like just seeing how far you've come because most of us, when we try to reach something, we don't realize how far we come. We just feel like we're in the same place over and over. But if you actually look at it, you've come a long way in a short period of time. And then the second tip would be, I do this every single night. I used to write it out, but then I just started doing it in my head every night is I asked myself how I was 1% better today than I was yesterday. Because my goal is not to be, you know, flip a 180 overnight. You know, that is unsustainable. My goal is just to be 1% better than I was yesterday. And I think about different things that happened during my day that I was 1% better at. And then right after that, I count out on my fingers right before I go to sleep 10 things I appreciate about today. And it Mm -hmm. could be, you know got to have lunch with my kids or I, you know, it could be any 10 things that you like and actually feel those emotions of actually appreciating it. And both of those things combined, instead of going from like day to day to day to day without any like feeling like you've gone anywhere that you've done anything, you start to build a pattern in your brain. Like, look what I've done today. Look how much I appreciated about today. And that's really what it takes to start to make that shift is like you have to consciously think that, okay, I actually, even if I had a crappy day, things go wrong, like a lot of things go wrong in life, I will still find 10 things in that day that I appreciated. It could be as simple as 
I got to sit and have coffee by myself in a quiet setting. Like, you know, people think it has to be these huge things, but mm-hmm. it's really the small moments that I appreciate about each day. And those two things combined really make a big difference of how you perceive your life. They sure do. And the tips that you're talking about are things that you will hear the highest achievers, the richest people in the world, the most successful business leaders all talk about, which is incredible because it's never business strategy. It's always mindset and positivity and like using, you know, being grateful and having, you know, affirmations and all of that stuff. Like the the biggest thought leaders are all sharing very similar messages, which tells you they're onto something. You're onto something. Like this is not just gobbledygook woo-woo stuff. Like this is stuff that actually works and can change your life. Yeah, everyone thinks of like self-improvement and it kind of has this stigma around it. And really, most of what I do is I help business owners scale a business or start a business, but mostly I help higher-end business owners scale further. Everyone thinks they have a business problem. It's never a business problem. I'd say 99.9% of the time, it's not a business problem. It's a mindset problem. It's allowing yourself to get to that next level, allowing yourself to be successful. I learned, like, if I go into people and tell them, oh, I'll help you with your mindsets, they're like, no, I'm good, I got it, don't worry, but that's that's locked away, just look at my business. And if I go in and just say, oh, I'll help you out with your business, your systems, I'm, you know, big internet marketer, and what happens is I go in that way, but then we completely flip and start working on the person, and they don't even realize that's what was holding them back. But if you try to tell someone that, they're like, nope, I'm fine, don't worry about it, I'm good. It's so funny because that is, I mean, that really, you're describing in the business world, you're describing what happens in a lot of like the divorce community or people going through that too, because they want the, how am I going to pay my bills? They want the answers to like, how am I going to deal with missing my kids or all, how am I ever going to be happy again or start dating? And, but they're looking for all of these solutions, like external, you know, more money, they're ex to fix the problem. And it's a hundred percent mindset. Like I will pound my chest and I will die on this hill that getting out that other side of any adversity, divorce, losing your job or whatever it is, is a hundred percent mindset and what you do with that because you can overcome anything with that right mindset. And the only thing holding you back is not your ex-employer. It's not your ex-spouse. It's you. Yeah. And on the relationship subject, because I want to give some, because that's who your main audience is. So one of the biggest things I learned as I used to get very angry, angry at people, my parents, you know, different things, and I'd hold grudges against people. And it was one of my mentors who taught me, is it hurting them or is it hurting me? And so you think by hating on this person that it's hurting them. And 90% of the time, they don't even care. Who is that emotion affecting? When you're angry, is that emotion affecting them or is it affecting you? So once you kind of get past that, you know, you feel like you're letting them win by letting some of this stuff go. No, if you let it go, that's actually for you. You're winning by no longer holding on to that pain, that anger, that, you know, everything. And most people feel like the other person's winning. But no, that's letting you win because that emotion is affecting you, not them. So... That was one of the big healing points in my life was like, okay, I'm going to let all this you know, stuff go and it's not for them. They're not winning. It's for me because I'm no longer going to get angry at these situations anymore. And that lifted so much weight off my shoulders that 
it was worth its weight in gold. Oh, yeah, it's such a gem of information. I mean, that's the soundbite right there for this whole episode. I mean, there's so much truth in that. So, Jared, where do we find you? How do we connect with you? Where can we get your book? So you can get my book on Amazon, Audible, Barnes & Noble. You can go to I'llBeHappyWhen.com, and it'll direct you to all the places you can buy the book. If you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on all social media or my website, just JaredSpringer.com. Just Google it. I post a video every single day. I'm on day 189 as we're recording of 365 days where I record a helpful video every day because it was my goal to get better on video. And so Mm -hmm. I took a challenge of just I'm going to do it every single day, you know, a little 1% better each and every day. So you can find me pretty much anywhere, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, just Jared Springer, and you'll find me. Awesome. And then you're the person who you are most aligned with to work as a client is who? Mostly business owners, higher level people who are making, you know, almost seven figures and want to go to seven figures or even eight figures. I work with all types, but those are the types that are generally my, you know, they're the ones that I can help the most because making that jump from six to seven to eight figures is a huge jump and it's a big mind jump. And so those are the people that I most enjoy helping get through that hurdle and uh, and actually enjoying that journey instead of just banging their head against the wall. Right. Awesome. All right. Final question. What is next for you? Because I feel like this is not the end. This is just the beginning of all that you have coming out in the future. So I want to write more books. The big thing is I, uh, I want to hold events and get to meet people because I'm big on that human interaction, you know, one-on-one, talking to people, helping people. So eventually I want to, you know, be on stage and help people and just, you know, just be that person that, you know, people can go to when they need that information or that change in their life. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Everyone needs to connect with you. I will, of course, will put all of the links in the show notes, but it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. Yes. Thank you very much for having me. It's been awesome. That's a wrap. Link up with us at MsReneeBauer.com. Remember to rate and review and share with anyone you think might find this episode helpful. You can change your story and live happy even after.